Hello and welcome to another episode of the St. George's Rod and Staff, the official podcast of the Church of St. George the Martyr with the chapters of St. Mark the Evangelist and St. Monica of West Bank. This is your exploration of faith in a time of crisis and I'm joined as always by the director of our parish, the Archdeacon, Father Rodney Whiteman. How are you doing today, sir? Good day to you, Lindsay. I'm doing fine. Um, just completed a funeral service um, and I'm now experiencing with others, the cold of the day, mm. preparation for rain tomorrow, I'm told. So um, all is well with the family and um, hopefully all is well with the, with the church. And um, I trust the same for you and your family also. Yes, the same for me and mine. We are obviously on this day, we are celebrating as a nation, National Women's Day. Um, happy Women's Day to everybody out there, uh, men and women combined. I mean, <laughs> we are all we are all fruit mm. of a woman. So, yeah, happy Women's Day, South Africa. This is the 10th Sunday after Pentecost. Father Rodney, please call everybody to the correct state of mind um, for what we will be doing today. My brothers and sisters, the Lord who will give what is good is with you. Let us continue our service with the collect. Uh, today, as you know, is National Women's Day, and as Lindsay said, the 10th Sunday after Pentecost. We also have a theme on orphan and vulnerable children and families, and also celebrating the ministries of the Mothers' Union and of the AWF. Um, so let us pray. God of awesome wonder, bless us with bold faith and belief, even in the darkness of the night and the assault of life's storms, that we may be messengers of your peace and justice in the name of the one whom winds and waves obey and who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Father Rodney, I just want to Focus in on this this penitential sentence. Um, it goes, surely his salvation is at hand for those who fear him. And in Paul's letter to the Romans, he speaks about um, how the law of, uh, if you confess that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from death, you will be saved. So Father Rodney, he goes on to obviously undo all of the wonderful argument we had last week. Um, where he singled oh, yeah. out the, the nation of the Hebrews um, and he says that That's um, right. all are the same and as long as you like confess that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead, um, that you will be on the path of salvation. So as a person like me, well, in your view, am I on the path to salvation? Because I don't mm. confess those things. Okay. Um, I think that Paul offers a way to to embrace the reality that humanity and particularly um, cries out for salvation. We have come through over 300 years of apartheid and over 300 years the oppressed have have cried for salvation from this evil of apartheid. We 
in our struggle against apartheid, we have associated our experience with that of, of, of the people in Egypt uh, during those 400 years of slavery. And they cried out for liberation. So salvation is the cry of the human soul, of the human heart. Um, and we can sort of tally, tally that down into our human experiences. Uh, the word, help me, which Paul also brings up, where he says that everyone who calls out to the Lord for help will be saved. So mm. we know mm. how frequently in our human experiences, whether at home or in work or at play, there's always the sense that we can't do it on our own when we get to a particular point in, in that experience that we cry out for, for help. Now, is help then associated with salvation? Um, why I would argue that we are all on the path of, of salvation is because what Jesus did for us on the cross and in the resurrection and in the ascension um, was, was already placing humanity on the road to salvation. Uh, it's an event that cannot be undone. It was an event that was very necessary. And there was opposition to that. Uh, we know Jesus had opposition right, right past the cross. And so then people were, I remember there was one person who says, um, a group of people who shouted, if you are the Messiah, save yourself and us. The same words were uttered or similar words were uttered by one of the criminals on, on the cross, you know, in his disdain for Jesus. And he was he was he was put on his place by the other person. So the human experience, whether you are a criminal on the cross, whether you part of the religious body of people who wanted Jesus dead because they couldn't hear he, they couldn't hear his message anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, wherever you are, whoever you are, there's always going to be a cry for salvation. And um, I think uh, pro probably captured beautifully in the in the words of John three sixteen, which all of us know very well. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, so that all who believe in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. So we are all seeking salvation. There is mm. never a time when we are not seeking salvation. What Paul is doing is saying. What, what then can we, how then do we achieve it? Now, I would want to argue, and I did that in my sermon as well, which will be, can be followed on the, on the, um, on the Facebook. When, when he said this, these words, the, the word is near you. Mm. And what was that word that was near you? Oh, something was brought to your attention a, communic a communication of sort um, that made you aware salvation is is available, but you have to show your acceptance thereof. If you if that way was offered uh, mm. to you, how what is your response to it? So you have to embrace it, um, and so. 
If the word is near you and on your lips, then once you've heard the word and have grappled with its intention and its message and its meaning, you can have you have a choice of one of two things. One, you can accept it by faith. You can conf- and and then or you can reject it. What what God's message in verse eight? God's message is near you on your lips and in your heart, because that message has been preached. Mm. It's been proclaimed. Mm. The goodness of salvation has been proclaimed as the gospel teaches us. But what it would lead us to again as John 3.16 says, is this energy of faith, confession um, uh, uh, and, and belief. Now, what are we to confess? The message of God leads us to confess that Jesus is Lord. That's the confession. Mm. So why, therefore, is it important that the, the gospel leads us to a confession about the Lordship? Of Jesus. Now here is the controversy. John 14, Thomas says to Jesus, we don't know where you are going. Then he says, how can we know the way? And so Jesus says, without arguing with him or putting him down, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Then this controversial part of the text, no one goes to the Father except by me. Now, is there therefore um, the only road to the Father, to the haven of the saved, is it only through Jesus? Can anyone or anything else get us to the haven of salvation, which is where the Father is, the, the Father who has many, man, was a big mansion with many rooms mm. and where Jesus is preparing a place. Has anybody else offered that same kind of message of hope? Why is Jesus proclaimed as Lord? Because he overcomes that which um, causes us to be in a situation of helplessness, mm. a situation of of being totally broken and shattered in ourselves and in our relationship, which is the the the, the thing of sin. And so, and so, in other words, when sin did all of that, sin was lording it over our lives. When we hear the message of God which is near to us, on our lips and in our heart, which has been proclaimed to us in preaching, we, we, the one who becomes Lord for us is the one who overcomes that which lorded over us. Mm. And that is Jesus Christ. Sin cannot save us, but Jesus does. So now we confess his lordship over our lives, in our lives, over our world. But further... We believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. Now, here's the challenge. Is there enough proof of the resurrection? Do we need proof that we think we can guarantee that will bring us to this belief that God raised him from the dead? Because it's crucial if he's not raised from the dead. 
then death and sin overcame him. Hmm. So that means they still are lording it over humanity. But that God raised him from the dead is the proof of the empty tomb sufficient? Is the witness of Mary sufficient when she says, he's not here, he's risen? Uh, is the testimony of the church sufficient to say we believe in Jesus as the risen Lord? Um, Ma Ma Martha, Lazarus' sister, uh, when Na Lazarus was in the tomb, in, embalmed and enwrapped, Jesus asked her the question, do you believe, Martha, that I am the resurrection and the life? Well, that's the that's the important thing here. So, so our faith is of necessity con connected to our belief that God raised Jesus from the dead. And as as Paul puts it there, if you confess Jesus as Lord, believe that God raised Him from the dead, then you will have salvation. So, um, salvation is an act of God's love. From from John's understanding, and and it's an act of mercy and an outreach to all of us who are in a state of helplessness because that's where sin has put us. Now, now, is there along the route your question? Therefore, are you on the road? Yes, you are, because Jesus placed you on the road. You can determine whether you want to remain on that road and growing that, that on that path. You can decide you don't want salvation. You can decide you choose your own way. Hmm. Where, where in your own way is there salvation? How would you save yourself? Is your philosophy enough? Is your wealth enough? Is your knowledge enough? Is those whom you know enough? Is your status enough? Is where you live enough? Um, will that all bring you the hope of salvation? And why? Why? When we on our deathbeds, what are we looking for when we are busy dying? In other words, what will be the most important question for you when you're dying? If my family are okay, because that's where my kind of the, the the what would be enough for me, what would be salvation for me? Because obviously, like I'm fortunate enough to have secured my immortality in the biological sense by passing on my genes to another generation. Um, and their their well-being is my primary concern. Like I, I I'll share a personal anecdote um, that happened this week. So we've obviously been paying full fees um, for my son um, at his play school and obviously for Isla. And then uh, obviously I fell on a little bit of financial. I sailed a bit close to the coast <laughs> last month, so we actually fell behind by a month. Um, in the fees, but at the beginning, when the when the financial rescue plans were first announced by the president, then the principal of the school did say that she would issue credit notes um, once they get the UIF payout for the teachers. And then, yeah, the the it was two credit notes that amounted to like the month that I had fallen behind. So the note came through like this week, and I tweeted it out and I said. You know, this is the thing that happened. And for a lot of people, that would be confirmation of like a higher power that's at work in their lives where for me, it's it's the it strengthens my belief in the goodness of people where there was a promise made from the state, a, a compact made by the state with us to say that this would be the steps to alleviate a lot of the financial pressures 
Um, and then that promise was confirmed. And then an another one was made by the principal to say that this would be the steps. And then it all played out the way it was supposed to, which then gives me more confidence in the fact that systems do work um, and that like we all in this together and we all need to to pay, play our part. And like the, the ultimate prize is is how we benefit together as a society, like going forward. Um, so then in, in that vein, so I think I, a lot of my criticism of, of the miracle that Jesus worked in the gospel last week um, was a bit misconstrued, where it's it's last week's was the feeding of the 5,000, and then today's one, uh, Matthew 14, verses 22 to 33, um, where he walks on water, for me are the only two acts or miracles that Jesus performs that aren't really in this, isn't really in the service of anybody. So like the first one he performs, his mother asks him to help out at the wedding because they had run out of wine. Like every other act, raising Lazarus from the dead, has been in service of somebody else where feeding all 5,000, and you gave me great insight into it. Um, I, I, I really didn't, I didn't analyze like the moment in time with regards to how John was treated and all of that. I, I, I had not factored that into my thinking, so thank you very much for that insight. But then now he dismisses the crowds, he sails off, goes onto a hill, prays on his own, and then just decides to walk on water for what reason? <laughs> it's just another flex um, in my mind, you know. Yeah, let me let me let me let me just start off by saying, in the in the model you 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 shared with us around the uh, the recovery of um of of finances in order to cover the, you said that you believe in the goodness of people mm. my question mm. would be what is the source of that goodness what inspired people to create a system that could benefit during this time when everybody is challenged and struggling, depending on their circumstances. I don't have children at school anymore, but you do. So I would understand your, 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 your enthusiasm around the fact that what you thought you didn't have, somebody, something came to your rescue. You had a cry of help. Some some system was created. So I would say, so what would have been the source of the goodness of people to sit down and say, how do we address this cry for help? Hmm. What can we do? And so it's just not in uh, the, the, the individual's action of goodness, but also what is the source of that goodness uh, mm -hmm. that can benefit us? So... Um, so Jesus actually makes a beautiful, uh, uh, um, uh, what's the name of this, um, uh, example of this in, in John's Gospel, chapter 15. It's, 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 it's recorded like this in English. As the Father has loved me, so if I loved you, remain in my love. So he points out the source and where the source is determined for. Now, what would be the energy invoked in the um, in the walking on the water story. Um, now, do we look at that event as we read it, 
from the point of view of the testimony of Peter and the testimony of the Gospels. Mm. There are things happening in the world where you and I are not witnesses of. Yeah. We become witnesses when we read the article. Now, even if we don't accept everything about the article, we will still speak to it. Your question, for example, what is the benefit of walking on water? Now, the report is given. The witnesses told their story. So you look to me and I look to you and, and the conversation is it's interesting that they raised that. Did it really happen? Would they lie? Would, would we believe their witness? Um, it, it had such a, an impact on Peter's life that because it, it affected him personally because he was the Fobaracha one, mm. right? So in that story, I found it very interesting, and I think I did some of this in the sermon I prepared this week. There is the ministry to the crowds, and there's the ministry to the disciples. Jesus, as I said in former, in former talks, uh, Matthew is the teaching gospel. So Jesus is presented as the teacher to us. Mm. So even miracles are teaching tools. Now, I, un I understood that when Jesus dismissed the crowds, la last week, he didn't dismiss them without mm. feeding them. This week, he dismissed them and there's no talk about a meal. Yeah. And I wondered very deeply, because dis dismissing the crowd is something you and I experience in the Eucharist when we say, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Mm. What, we, we've said that after we've journeyed from the Lord be with you to go in peace to love and serve the Lord. This Lord that is with you. And everything that has happened through the whole Eucharist, through the whole service, now brings us to the point of saying, you've received all of this and more. And now what do you do with it? You go and live it. And I said there, he, he changed the way that they were thinking. He changed the way that they would look at the world. He changed the way that they would live. So now, now he's empowering them with what he taught them to go and live what he taught. Then before he goes out of ministry to, to, the, to, the, to the disciples, we find this beautiful piece that says, he goes to a, solid, to a solid place of solitude to pray and to be with the Father. Mm. Before he now has to minister to the inner circle, and how would he minister to them? What relation does walking on water, a miracle we could see, we could say, how would that give courage and inspiration to the disciples? Now, I want to go right to the end of the, the reading. Well, when, when they experienced this, they witnessed in worship. So it, when they saw it, when they saw it, they, they responded in worship. And their words of worship was truly, this is, this is the Son of God. The, the phrase, confess Jesus is Lord, 
God raised him from the dead. This is the one we, we're talking about. Yeah. So, so the miracle led them to a response of worship um, and, a, and a confession of who Jesus is. Was the miracle walking on the water, What is it? was that the miracle? Or was the miracle that no matter what circumstances we find ourselves in, Jesus would love us to not be people of little faith, but people of a deepening faith that can keep their eyes. And now two things happen there. One, he asked them to look at him mm. by faith. Keep your eyes on me, Peter. Don't look at the waves. But they also had to listen to what he was saying in order for them to respond in the most helpful way. So it was was he therefore raising with the disciples just how, how do you actually believe me or is there so much doubt still in you? And what mm-hmm. does belief in me mean? How can you become people of great faith rather than people of just little faith? And so so the 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 the, the action of walking on the water was not about the walking on the water, but about who Jesus is mm-hmm. and what he asks us to do in response to him. Fix your eyes on me, because Jesus at all times transcends every context. So a, a, a liquid thing such as water, even there is able to be above. He's able mm-hmm. to, to control. He's he's the Lord of not just human experience and human life, but of all of creation. And so it was again helping the disciples to discover where they are in their journey of faith to him. Was it therefore um, caught up in miracles? No, no. Keep your eyes on Jesus and listen obediently to him so that you can grow in a depth of faith. And your worship becomes far more authentic and God-focused. Mm. Um, so that would be my response to, 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 to what you were saying. Okay, so there's a lovely duality that's happening um, between these two readings, um, where in Romans chapter 10, verses 5 to 15, verse 5 starts with Moses wrote this about being put right with God by obeying the law. Whoever obeys the commands of the law will live. Um, but the scripture says this about being put right with God through faith is this. You are not to ask yourself who will go up to heaven, nor to ask who will go down to the world below. So that's why I actually asked you right at the beginning whether I'm on the path to, just to like <laughs> test that that idea a little bit. Okay. And then it's, 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 it's amazing to me again that uh, Moses who preached the law, um, he parted the waters, where yes. Jesus, who is kind of the gateway and the embodiment of, of the law, um, walked on the water. <laughs> yes. I, um, yeah, I, 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 I just, I, I love those sorts of interplays. And then there's also like, you, you know, the idea that um, Joseph was a prototype for Jesus. Are, mm-hmm. you, are, you, are you familiar with that? So I'm, yeah, I'm familiar with that. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I like Moses, yeah. Moses was a prototype for Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I like I like how these these two stories are, are like juxtaposed, where 
The one is saying that you should just obey the law and not question anything about it. You should just be firm in the faith. So I kind of lean more to that sort of thing. So like you should just be a good person because that's what being good is all about. Is like being a good person to other people um, and not worry about like all the other things about whether whether you're praying enough or whether you know you you're giving enough of of like your tithings or like all those other like ancillary things that a lot of like the tradition of faith has ingrained in us that like these are the the footsteps to eternal salvation um uh, do, do you have any any thoughts about that about that how the tradition has kind of over overpowered what the the sentiment is well i mean if you go to your example about just being good now if i use that same formula being good in being clean i'm going to need something in order to be clean because sweatiness and dust will cling to the body even if i'm in bed and i will need to get rid of the smells that will come out of there so to be clean i need to be washed what do i need to be good what helps me to be good to others if that's the sentiment i'm wanting to embrace um and so we have in the moses context the law which comes from god that enables us if we do obey it then we are able to be placed in a position of faith a faith relationship with god and the same with jesus um to be people of great faith we are to focus on him who embodies the law correctly so you can actually see why the old testament cannot be divided from the new testament mm. that the mm. old points to the new yeah. and and, yeah. and and so the the tradition of the old is being made new in the person of our lord jesus christ which shows the consistency of god's revelation to 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 us a little bit enough for us to try and chew on for more than a lifetime because we're not going to be able even to complete understanding <laughs> the bible in a lifetime so so i i do think again it goes back to my 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 sense of this is is this these are these scriptures pointing us back to the source mm. the law was to give life if we obeyed it it was to put us into a right relationship with god and with one another because slaves under the law of, our, of oppression would not have known they mm. they, they they were slaves so so they were they were shaped and formed differently the law was to help shape and form them in a way where they could now have a relationship with an authority but not an oppressive authority mm. where they can they can view one another equally and there's respect for each other starting in the home the first commandment to 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 share with others in our relationship with others to love others was to respect your mother and your father to honor yeah. them so that's where it's so so jesus comes and embodies all of that and so 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 peter keep your eyes on me peter i am the source of your of 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 helping you to become a, a person of great faith so we experience the value the eternal and mystical value of the 
of the tradition passed mm. down in the person of Jesus now refreshing and bringing meaning and deeper meaning for us to live our lives in an authentic way, never forgetting that without him, our, our reservoirs will run shallow. Mm. So prayer, for example, and worship, uh, the crowds following Jesus was a way of having their reservoirs filled up again. So Jesus does say to us in the same gospel of Matthew, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will refresh you. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My teaching uh, can, can resource your life. He is the source for your life. I don't know. And that's I, why. Go ahead, go on. I think, I think through this discussion, I've, I've, I've kind of uh, unfolded within myself the idea that I'm more open to following one of my own who has risen up and given like that sort of strength to everybody else in numbers than someone who was born into greatness. Um, so I'll rather follow Moses as he parts the waters than be in awe of Jesus as he walks on the water. If you but, if you understand but what Jesus, I'm saying. But, yes. but Jesus and Moses never. What is the difference between the miracle of opening the sea and walking on the sea? I think it was more the the symbolism of like that was the gateway to the salvation. You know, there was there was shielding the masses from the onslaught of, of the enemies um, where I, I, I still am of the belief that the, the, the miracle of walking on water was more Jesus affirming his magnitude than it being of any other service. You know, it was to convince the, the, those who still doubted. He knew obviously that they were among the 12. There were those who still doubted him. Um, and then like just showing them that like, I am, I, I'm, I'm this guy. Like I can do what no one else can. Yeah. Well, the same God who, who instructed the opening of the sea teaches us in the opening of the sea that we were not ready to walk on water then. Mm. We needed solid ground um, because of our sense of lostness. What, what is Jesus' miracle teaching us that we can transcend even the wind, even the waves, even the liquidity of water and the liquidity of a situation that we perhaps find ourselves really messed up in. If we keep ourselves focused on him, he is able to transcend um, the, the water. So his, his greatness is shown above that of Moses. Moses could only part the sea on the instructions where he could transcend the power of that sea. Um, and so if our eyes are f focused on him, w the people, M Moses parted the water from what side? From from the crossing over to the other side. Mm. He, he, he hadn't yet gone through the sea. Yeah. Jesus now walks on the sea. So, so G Moses is pointing to Jesus. He is telling us who is really Lord from even the perspective of the old testament so um but but again if you if you if you do the comparative study between moses and jesus they'll you know both of them were born into 
a very peculiar situation of oppression. Mm. Uh, both of them come from very poor families. Moses, I ever tasted of the good life uh, in Pharaoh's castle, and it was educated in that way. Um, Jesus maintained his humility, his sense of being on the side of those who had little faith, on the mm. side of those who were hungry, on the side of those who were without a leader. Um, he, he maintained that sense of connectedness with, with them. Mm. Um, who, who experienced him walking on the water? Not the princes and the kings of, and the princesses of the world, mm. but ordinary fishermen in a little boat that was rocked in a lake by winds and waves. He's alongside them, trying to raise their capacity to believe beyond what they thought they could, and to teach them that out of this, um, what is, what is um, the, 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 the greatest activity of the human soul is to worship. That was recorded in a, an, in, an introduction to the liturgy uh, in the New Zealand prayer book which I find fascinating. The greatest activity of the human soul is to worship. And so um, the same thing Moses was doing when, he, when the crossing of the Red Sea was to lead the people to the Mount Sinai so that they could worship. Mm. So too, Jesus was leading us to the point of worship. So it's very, the, the juxtaposing them helps us to see that actually Moses was pointing to Jesus. Yeah, I like that, that sentiment as well, because um, love is an act of worship. It's you recognizing the characteristics in something that you appreciate and yeah. you giving thanks or, or worshiping or worshiping that, which is an interesting point to, to leave the discussion on and then to open up um, to the other points of, of reflection in the prayers of the church for the week. Certainly, I just want to uh, open the prayers by reading Henry Nowen's um, words written in Compassion, a reflection on the Christian life, that Jesus' whole life and mission involved accepting powerlessness and revealing in this powerlessness the limitlessness of God's love. And because God loves us in such an eternal way, we are able to pray to him for friends in need, um, that Jesus may untie our burdens and heal our spirits. And so we thank the Lord of the church for um, using the church to be part of God's mission to the world and to be those who in their worship give thanks to God on behalf of themselves to call unto his holy name for the help that we need. We are grateful that Jesus teaches us the value of prayer, of being with God, because that's the place in which we are refreshed, revived, and reignited 
we also thank God that he invites us to cry unto him for help and salvation. And we think of all in desperate circumstances of their lives, experiencing their own vulnerabilities and frailties and knowing their need for God and calling to him. And then we are grateful that we can bring before God all who have died, um, as was described in the funeral on Saturday, our, our candle light goes, the candle light of our lives goes out once we depart from this earth, but at the same time, our, the candle of our life in, in the eternal presence of God is uh, lit up. We continue to pray for uh, all who mourn, and um, we pray that God will continue to lead us through this dark tunnel of COVID-19 and other great challenges economically uh, and uh, in, the, in terms of, of work. Many people are being laid off right now and where just every part of our humanity is being challenged. That as the, the author of life and the healer of the nations, God would truly um, instill courage into us to face this trial, but also wisdom to find the healing and the faith to live responsibly. And again, we cry out, as Paul says in Romans, that God would grant us his salvation through Jesus Christ, our Lord. This leads us on then, Lindsay, to the concluding parts of the service. Um, I just want to add that the bishop will be making an announcement very shortly about when the church is possible, that the church can be opened again but probably it will be in a regulatory way. Mm. Um, so now we are sent from here in the name of Jesus Christ to serve the God who cherishes us and to trust the spirit who nurtures us, that we may live with the flair of those who have faith, that we, that we may live with the faith of those who have hope, and that we may live with the hope of those who have love. That as we go into this week to live our lives, we go with confidence, trusting that Christ is walking with us. So, Lindsay, thank you very much for uh, giving us leadership in this podcast again today. And hopefully it is bearing the fruit that God wants us to bear in our life's journey. I truly value you value this conversation with you and the opportunity to reach out to the people of Kales River and perhaps even beyond.